Welcome back to Beyond the Limelight. My name is Vince, owner of Master Effects. I'm here with our marketing director, Ryan Burkett. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, today is a big day in the history of Beyond the Limelight. We are excited uh, to have uh, two very special people with us today. Um, today, we have John Featherstone, co-founder and principal of Light Switch. Um, and we also have Scott Felby, the founder and CEO of ILC, Intelligent Lighting Creations. Um, how are you guys doing today? We're doing better than we deserve to be in this year. That's for better sure. than we deserve for sure. Well, that's good to hear. Okay. That's very good to hear. Um, I'd like to start with John, if you don't mind. Can you tell sure. us a little bit about you your, um, and uh, kind of what Light Switch is all about? Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. And thanks for what you're doing with this podcast, with uh, spreading news and information and education to people in, in these difficult times. I think if we're able to make lemonade out of the lemons of this COVID situation, us all becoming closer as an industry, and sharing our knowledge and experience is really important. So th thank you both for doing this, and thanks for having me. So um, uh, Light Switch is a lighting and visual design practice. Uh, my partner, Norm Schwab, and I founded Light Switch 28 years ago. Uh, none of those years have been quite like this past year, but uh, but anyway. So, so we work in a bunch of different fields. Um, since Norm and I started the company, uh, we've expanded our reach into everything from themed environments to architectural projects, concert touring, uh, corporate theater and special events, uh, architectural practice, you know, diversified with a ton of hospitality work, a lot of work in, uh, in restaurants and, and, and hotels. And we've grown from kind of the two of us at our kitchen table to adding uh, other principals, uh, Howard Warner, Brad Malkus, uh, Chris Medvitz, uh, Tracy Deer, uh, Warren Kong, uh, and Tyler Elick. Uh, to to make a, a a group of eight of us the kind of the kind of steer the company, and we've got uh, fifty designers and support staff uh, in eight studios around the world: um, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, and Orlando in the states. Two studios in some of those cities: um, Hong Kong in Asia, and right before COVID, we were on the cusp of opening uh, a, a studio in Auckland in New Zealand, which we certainly hope to 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 get going again when uh, when our world returns to whatever a new normal looks like. So, so that, that's, that's what we do. We are kind of lighting and visual architects, but, uh, but like anybody who works in the creative field, we really lean on the support and expertise of those who facilitate our crazy ideas. And as I often say, you know, I'm kind of like a lighting design version of the, uh, of the fairy godmothers in, uh, in Cinderella going, make it blue, make it pink. But the guy that actually makes it blue or makes it pink uh, for so many of our projects is Scott. So, Scott, kind of over to you for a quick sort of summary of ILC and, and, and the work that, that you do. Thanks, John. And thanks, guys, for doing this, uh, as John said, and for having us on. This is super important work uh, and grateful to be here. Um, so uh, I founded Intelligent Lighting Creations, or ILC for short, more commonly known, uh, just a couple of years after John founded LightSwitch. So we started the company in 94. Uh, the original intent was to just be a moving lights company. And back in 94, uh, most people were still getting their rental only units from Verilite, and there were very few options available for purchase. Uh, so whereas most rental production companies started with park hands and multi-cable and pre-rig trusts and those kinds of things, follow spots, uh, we started and the intent was to be purely a moving lights company. Um, and so we started with four IntelliBeams, and I think in our heyday had a couple hundred IntelliBeams, and then CyberLight Studio Colors. We were pretty high end uh, as a brand specific for many years, then got into uh, Mac 2000s and, and 
kind of the rest is history on the moving light side. Um, but what we found pretty fast was our customers said, you guys do such a great job with the moving lights. And we see that you're coming in with other production companies that are doing the conventional lighting. Uh, you do a better job. We want you to do everything. Uh, so begrudgingly in the mid nineties, I bought things like follow spots and multi-cable and trush and truss and chain hoist and that kind of thing, uh, and turned into a full service kind of, we call ourselves a lighting, uh, and rigging services provider. So, um, We'll do basic sound and basic video and whatnot, but but lighting and rigging are really our strong suits. Uh, and what makes us kind of a little unique, there's there's a couple of other companies in the country that are like us, um, but we are kind of a hybrid in that we not only have a rental production side of our business, but we also have a permanent uh, system integration side of our business. So you'll find us lighting up the top of skyscrapers, uh, conference centers, ballrooms, um, those push button stations that you'll see controlling complex lighting systems uh, in, in permanent installation type of venues, uh, dimmer racks and theaters, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's really that work that's kind of kept, helped keep ILC afloat through the pandemic like we're going through right now. Um, so that kind of brings us to where we are today. That's great. Thank you very much for, for both of that. I mean, those were, were some great explanations. Uh, Scott, st- with you, you know, take me back to, you know, 12 year old Scott, where did, where did, the, where did the passion come from there? You know, there's always something that, that is in your mind that goes, you know what, this, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So it, it wasn't specifically theater or theatrical lighting, which is kind of the path that I chose when I got into high school and ultimately college and, and going to the theater school at DePaul. Um, back at 12, I was into electronics. So I started with uh, HO train sets, then I moved into RC cars. I had the best junior high, high school job one could ever imagine. I worked in a hobby shop building RC cars. So they basically paid me to do my passion and my hobby. Uh, and I got a <laughs> do great you still, Do you still race RC cars? I don't personally, but my kid has got so many RC cars and jealous. Nice. Uh, he's not quite <laughs> as passionate about them as I am, but yeah, we've got clod busters and grasshoppers and hornets and all that kind of stuff still in the basement. So I'm big into the retro Tamiya 19, 1980s kits. And I do that with my kids. That's great. Um, so it started with a, with a love and a passion of, of electricity um, my, uh, uncle was a linesman for ComEd, and I would, you know, ask him a lot of questions whenever he was over for family events. Uh, and the way that I followed that and the way that that evolved into theater was in high school, where do you do things with electricity and mechanically, um, you do auto shop. We actually were blessed to have an electronic shop, uh, and then the theater backstage. So, uh, I walked in backstage, I followed a friend. I was, I was playing football. I followed a friend backstage. He had to get his bag out of his locker. And I just looked up and I was in awe. And my high school was very blessed with uh, a big lighting system and a big rigging system. So I was hooked. So thespian with four stars and a gold bar. And I think about as many points as you could earn through high school. And then I followed that into college. That's great. John, how about yourself? 12-year-old John. Yeah, I, I took a slightly different approach than Scott. You know, my kids would be rolling their eyes because this is dad's triumph over adversity story. So so all through my kind of junior high and high school career, uh, I was sort of doing parallel paths. You know, I was, I, I was, again, like a bunch of us, I think, you know, we're sort of the, we find the land of broken toys uh, that is the, the, the theater department at school. And certainly the same thing in the UK as it is over here. Everyone that has weird passions and doesn't feel like they're really fitting everywhere, anywhere else gravitates to the theater department. 
but but my real passion was was music and playing drums uh, and i was playing drums in a in a bunch of, of of garage bands and a kid moved into the neighborhood who had a cooler drum set so it was suggested i find something else to do i'm like but i'm a better drummer and they were like well, yeah but he's got a gold glitter ludwig set so yeah, i don't know what it's that's a like. nice kid yeah, yeah, kid, yeah. well absolutely yeah so i so so saw my drums started doing lights for, for for bands and then and then right towards the end of, of 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 high school fell in with a bunch of english lads who had not long before formed a, a bank of the smiths um who were a big 80s um in, english band uh and and from there just kind of you know before i knew it was doing concert touring came over here First time I came to the States was Chicago. Chicago's in my blood. Uh, we we did uh, we did production rehearsals at the Aragon Ballroom. Uh, you know, and I, I had fond memories of sitting out on those little balconies at the Aragon with Jolly, watching all the fights as the bars emptied. And the hotel we stayed at was Ambassador East, which I recognized as the hotel from the Blues Brothers. Wow. So, so yeah, from, from the Midlands of England straight into uh, in, into Chicago. Fun, funny story to tell you. So, so when I, when I, this was, way back before even fax machines. So I'm doing these long distance calls with John Huddleston from upstaging and John and I've been friends for a long, long time. And Hud said to me, he said, uh, I'll pick you up at the airport and bring you over to the shop. I'll be in a red blazer. The blazer isn't a car that's sold in England. So I thought he meant I'll be in a red blazer. <laughs> so I get off the flight on American and, and I, I, you, you, you guys are younger than me, but you, I don't know if you remember this, the American uniform used to be a red blazer. Mm-hmm. So I got off the airplane, jet lagged, connecting through New York, and it's just a sea of people wearing red blazers. And I'm like, I don't know if you've ever seen that kid's book, Are You My Mother, where there's little baby <laughs> birds going around asking stuff, Are You My Mother? So I'm in the airport going around asking all these people from America, Are you John Huddleston? Are you John Huddleston? Are you John Huddleston? And I'm sitting outside in his car going, where the hell is this guy? So, uh, yeah, as they say, two nations separated by a common language. So, yeah, so it was my path was through music. And then I fell in with the Smiths and then, became best friends with Johnny Ma, who's the guitarist in the Smiths. And, you know, he went on to a couple of other bands and was, I was fortunate enough that Johnny took me with him. And then all, all kinds of people, The Cure, NXS, Van Halen, Janet Jackson, Duran Duran, The, the Pretenders, uh, Brian Adams, uh, all the way up until we had our first daughter, Haley. Uh, and, and then I knew something had to change. And, and, and whilst I was in the States, uh, I met Norm. Uh, Norm was working with uh, FM Productions in San Fran. And, um, and he was like, you know, one day you're going to get bored of touring and you're going to want to settle down and we should form a company. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I called him up and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready to be gone for days or weeks on end rather than months on end. So that's, that's when we founded, founded Lightswitch. That's a, these are some great stories. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> Before we move forward, uh, just a quick question. But do you miss playing the drums? Because we're both drummers. We we we. Oh, I got a set of Roland V drums. Oh, I, I call it percussive therapy. So so I'll I'll go over and, and pound away on my on my V drums. So yeah, that's Pretty awesome. Cool. You can yeah. never not play. That's I mean, the thing. Play, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Agreed. So so let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, we really want to talk about illumination just because right. it's the holiday season. Um, and if you don't mind, I'd like to dive right into that and and talk a little bit about that. For those who've, uh, of you who listen that don't know what illumination is, it's it's one of the the number one holiday attractions here in Illinois. Um, there's things like it throughout uh, the world, but I you know I I think the Morton Arboretum and and what they've done and what you guys have done there is something uh, pretty 
amazing. Uh, I mean, you have lines of cars down 53 per <laughs> miles. It's a sold out show. You guys have, have really does, outdone yourselves. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 we're very lucky. And uh, this is year seven. Is that correct? This is this is year eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah, eight. yeah year eight. Okay. So we, we, which actually makes it a, a, t- a ten year path. So so um, you know the 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 way this started was um, Donna Banadsky, who'd been a friend of mine for for, for who I who I'd, I've known on and off for for a long time. Donna's actually interesting now. Our client for another light switch ILC project at the Cole Children's Museum, which is which uh, as an aside is like illumination on a really small scale for small people. You know, they were like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't hit the five to eight year old market, we're not interested. But, but anyway, so, so Donna called me up and, and they, they were really just spitballing things, things they could do. Um, uh, Dr. Jerry Donnelly, who's the CEO of the Arboretum and has really elevated the Arboretum from being this little kind of not well-known, um, little kind of private tree club in the West suburbs of Chicago to this really world-leading research center for, for, for tree sciences and, and also built the visitor center and invited guests in. And so, so looking for ways to expand their presence. So, so we had some conversations where, which was sort of like, you know, have you thought about doing a nighttime thing? Well, we're not open at night. Well, you could be, well, but it's dark at night. Yeah. We like that. That's how you're, actually- you're there right now. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Well, the background would, would give you the, that suggestion. So, so we had some, we had some conversations, and then I said to him, I said, "Well, why don't you write a brief?" And this is really interesting, especially with the pivot of this year. The brief they originally wrote ten years ago for Illumination was for a driving experience. So I pulled this document out relatively recently when I was going back through some stuff. So, so we've kind of come full circle. So anyway, so we we talked to the arboretum. Um, uh, did some style boards and 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 right away we uh, at lights which we tended to try and zig when other people are zagging. We would we would rather do something which is distinctly different from that which other people are doing. And and certainly, um, you know, when people ask me about about starting a design career, one of the pieces of advice I give is is look at what other people are doing, learn from what other people are doing, and then find your own path. Um, so I said to the Arboretum, I'm like, we're not the twinkle light guys, you know, they're, 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 you know, with zoo lights and a bunch of other things in and around the Chicago area, that kind of what we call bulb on frame, you know, Santa outlined in bulbs and then a snowman outlined in bulbs and that kind of stuff. It's great. Kids love it. Good luck to people that are doing those shows. There's room in the market for everybody, just like there's room for all different kinds of music. So what we said to the Arboretum is we want to do something really different. What we want to do is to flip this notion that, that, that one has, especially in the Midwest, that in the winter, the natural environment's kind of dead. Well, it's no more dead than any of us are when we're asleep. It's, a, it's a, 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 at its least active dormant. But there's a different kind of beauty to nature in the winter months. Uh, and we really wanted to highlight that. And we wanted to make trees the real stars of the show and not just armatures to hang twinkle lights on. So we did a bunch of renderings for them and some style boards. And then we had a conversation and, you know, they talked to us about budget and there was the usual audible, you know, near audible gulp in the room. And they were like, well, we'll get back to you. So I mean, I remember walking away from it with, uh, with a, somebody who, who was with the company at the time. And go, well, you know, I don't think that's going to go anywhere, but that was a great conversation and a really good exercise. Well, they called us in October of what it would have been whatever 10 years ago was. So that would have been, uh, so, so it was, it was October of 
let me get my chronology right, 2011 this would have been, and, and said, oh, my God, we got a sponsor. Can we do it this year? I said, well, we could do it this year badly, or we could do it next year really well. So that sort of launched us off on a, on a development process, and in relatively short order, um, you, you know, there, there are companies that we work with that are vendors, and there are companies that we work with that are partners. And, and, and I view Scott not only as a really close friend, but his company is partners, which, which as a designer is a whole different criteria than writing up a really detailed spec sheet or whatever and sending it off to somebody and then you let the money or preference figure it out. I mean, I had conversations with Scott, and Scott, I'm sure you remember these, where I said, look, I think there's an opportunity to do something really interesting creatively, which always gets Scott's juices flowing, but also strategic that has year over year ability for us to build and grow with this company. But we're going to need to lean in on the first year to get this going because obviously they were taking some risk and they were looking for partners that would take a bit of a risk with them. And thankfully, Scott, well, I don't know if Scott would say thankfully, but, but thankfully for I us, would, Scott, <laughs> Scott saw this and said, all right, let's, let's give this a go. You know, it's a great thing about working with companies that are owned by individuals, not by investment banks or, or equity companies is you can talk to the owner, to Scott and his wife, Sam, who own the company and say, look, we're trying to do something strategic here. Do you think this makes sense? And, and, and they did. And sort of, you know, that, I mean, that's sort of our early history. I mean, Scott, I don't know if you want to throw anything in there about the early days of Illumination and this really being a sort of a collaborative, you know, equity venture between all of us. Yeah, I mean, there's a real short story that now that you've teed up the timeline of October, this would have been probably December of 2011. uh, And you and I had had some kind of lofty conversations about what this might have been. But then with one of our other folks uh, at ILC, you were having some more very specific uh, conversations about how to do this. Uh, And this one individual called me up. And I remember I was at a water park in Kenosha, Wisconsin with my then would have been three-year-old uh just sitting around uh and this fellow says you know featherstone called and he's got this crazy idea and i'm like yeah i know a little bit about it click. tell me more <laughs> uh, he's like well they want to light up this arboretum and, and and just the scale of it just it just seems too big for us which is what i remember him saying and i'm like well john called us for a reason he he could have called one of the big shops uh he chose not to so my hunch is is uh, this could be something really cool. It's probably somewhat risky. Uh, it really needs the attention that a small, nimble company like yeah. ILC brings to the table, uh, where where everybody can talk to the key players and the decision makers. And it is going to be a financial risk in the first year, especially it was. Uh, and then as time went on, obviously it's turned it's turned into a great, growing, uh, incredible project. Um, so. That was my little fun story of that that December call. Well, that would have probably changed a lot for you for these last next ten years. I mean, um, you know, while we have you, Scott, let's talk about equip on the equipment side of things. How much has changed from year one to year ten? I mean, all your fixtures, everything that you're renting out. I mean, are you renting most of this out? Is the Morton Arboretum? Are you maintaining it? Uh, yeah, so the the equipment, almost all of it is owned by ILC. We we do do a couple of sub rentals, especially this year with the driving experience, the scale of cable. And I don't even have the final numbers yet, but we used to talk about, yeah, there's two or three or four miles worth of cable out at the Arboretum. I think there's seven or eight miles of just feeder. Oh my. And then there's seven or eight miles of just multi-cable. And all of our quantities of cable this year, uh, 
we're in when thousands of feet, uh, tens of thousands of feet, not in, you know, we need a hundred of these or, or 50 of these. Uh, yeah, so last, cable- last, last I heard from Josh, the crew chief, it was just a various kinds of cable. It was just shy of 48 miles. Okay. Oh my God. And, and, and I, I believe every bit of that. Yeah. Um, so w- what's really changed? I think that the technology has certainly evolved. The, the biggest change is we went from, uh, moving lights in in bubbles in things like I'm going to rewind back and show my age. I would call them eco domes. Uh, that's going way back, but uh, putting indoor moving lights into outdoor enclosures uh, to now having actual moving lights that are outdoor rated, uh, and then of course having you know color mixing RGB LED PAR fixtures that are outdoor rated. So um, most of if not all of it this year, Every, everything is outdoor rated. Um, yeah. so very, very few things. Um, you know, there's consoles obviously that we are putting in, in sheds that we build. Um, but otherwise everything sits out there. So there's an ILC person there every day. Um, he starts his day early in the afternoon, goes through, turns everything on, uh, make sure everything's working. He's got spares. Uh, if anything needs to be swapped out or fixed, uh, he can phone a friend at the shop if he needs some resources for something that's bigger uh, or heavier. But, you know, our goal is 100% operation every night. Um, and we're usually probably somewhere between 98 and 100% operational every night because especially with the driving experience, if something doesn't work, you know it. Any The general public will see it. There'll be a hole. Uh, so there's a lot of energy and resources put into making sure that, you know, we're 100% up on the gear. And it's interesting you, 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 that you brought up um, this, this notion about whether it's a rental thing or, or a purchase thing. Most, most clients that we work with for this kind of thing think on initial glance that it's a no-brainer buying stuff. But actually, it, you run the numbers, and, and <laughs> I know, shock, shocking news this will be, Scott. It's actually not easy running a lighting rental company. That, that, that it's like yeah, buying the gears that is, isn't even half of it. By the time you figured out storage and maintenance and upgrades and 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 the arboretum are really focused on continuing to refresh and renew and make sure that it stays interesting and engaging. And and, and that means that that as designers, that's actually really liberating for us because we know that whilst we would rather Scott, we would really rather Scott than go to business. Uh, and so we try to 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 work together to specify purchases which have on life. We're not we're not constrained by what the arboretum owns, um, so so we can look at Scott's inventory and keep rearranging the Lego and look at new fixtures and and we've been really fortunate that that this evolution that Scott's talking about has been really empowered by Eric Loader and the rest of the folks at Elation who who have really been partners. We you know we beta tested the first Proteus beams, we beta tested the hybrids, we had some some of the wonderfully named Proteus Maximus this year. Um, but we've really partnered with them, and, they, and they, they've been, I think, certainly from my perspective, Scott, I don't know if you feel the same way, real, really instrumental in the growth of Illumination as they've expanded their range of IP fixtures, and that's pushed us into different design directions. But I think the Arboretum wisely have said, we're, we're going to leave the business of running a lighting company till I'll see the people around a lighting company, and we're going we're gonna to stick to dealing with the trees, and we're not going to turn into a lighting vendor, which I think I think was was really wise and has stood them in good, in good stead. But we, and we ran the numbers and, and there's, there's no real compelling reason for, for an institution like the Arboretum to be, to be buying the, the, the high cost 
uh, kind of lighting fixtures that we use for a project like a yeah, own, owning a lighting company and lighting equipment is far from a get rich quick scheme. I've learned uh, it's a, a labor of love more than anything. But uh, uh, I think the most important thing about you know uh, the the customer not owning the gear is they're not pigeon held into uh, into using the same equipment year over yeah. year. So you know, rewinding back to the very first year of illumination to today. There, I don't even know if there's a single fixture type that was in year one that is in year eight. Um, so as technology improves, especially just the last couple of years with uh, LED sources being relevant and bright enough, uh, and then the, the outdoor fixtures so that we don't have to put fixtures in enclosures, uh, that's been a game changer. If, if Morton had bought all this stuff, if anybody had bought all this stuff eight years ago, it would be completely irrelevant. Uh, and there's no way they would have made their money back. Um, and then to the Alation partnership, which thanks for bringing that up, John, that's about, I think it was maybe three years ago, um, I pushed uh, uh, our Alation rep um, to say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could we could say that the nearly the whole Morton experience is an elation IP rated outdoor rated fixture presentation. So um, we've worked really hard. We've, we've introduced lasers this year. So that's kind of a new thing. And and elation obviously doesn't do lasers, Um, but almost all of the fixtures out there are, are elation product. And and I think all of them are elation outdoor product. That's pretty cool. And uh, kind of building on that, so you guys have improved significantly gear-wise um, since year one. How is that also reflected in, in the processes? Have you learned anything in terms of um, you know building on the efficiency? You mentioned you have a guy there once a day, every day, um, making sure that things are running. What, was that, what did that look like year one as far as processes? It looked like this. Ah, I, I mean, we, 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 it, it was a baptism of fire, I think, for all of us, uh, you know, and, and, and not just with the equipment. This year was slightly different. You know, this is an anomaly. We can certainly talk about the, the transition to the driving experience this year uh, in, in a little bit. But, but one of the things that's always been really important to us at, 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 uh, with the whole Illumination team is, is making it not only immersive but also interactive. But in order to make it interactive, we also wanted to have it feel, which it is, designed here. You know, in terms of the in terms of the arboretum, that that we want to do things like what one of the one of the firm crowd favorites is is Huggetry, which which in in intent is really simple. It's another one where the designer goes, "All you have to do is just," and Scott's like, "Yeah, just." But the notion is you hug a tree, and as you hug the tree, it changes color. The longer you hug the tree. The more vibrant and dynamic the color, uh, and then at the end of it, you have what we <laughs> what we refer to not for exactly on brand for the for the arboretum, but a tree gasm where you hang hold of the tree for longer, and you get this great beautiful rainbow of, of color around you. Well, that's all well and good when you can do things with either pressure pads or motion sensors or whatever, but when you have an experience that's got a lot of people, and it could either be as you well know. 60 degrees or heaven forbid this year 70 degrees which was just insane in november and then oh by the way a week later freezing rain or that lovely chicago weather condition which always sounds like a bad christmas radio station wintry mix um or or a foot of snow so so a lot of what's really been the development process is is what i think is something that makes ilc 
unique in, in for us as a partner is not only having the rental inventory, but also this breadth of knowledge about the systems integration side and designing museum-grade interactives to work for a few weeks. In, in frankly, some of the worst weather conditions there is. You know, we work with the Green Bay Botanical Gardens, and, and Scott and I are just starting to develop a relationship with Green Bay. Their weather's actually better because it just gets really cold and it stays really cold. The killer in Chicago is is the is the weather cycles all over the place and it gets warm and it gets wet and then it snows and then it freezes and then it thaws again so all of that ice then turns into water and runs inside stuff and then freezes again inside it and then we're going to thaw again and then all the water will run down to the bottom of it and then it'll freeze again all of these cycles and 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 I think we've all learned an incredible amount and and ILC's team some years have just been I'm like I can't believe these guys are doing this just they just keep doggedly going back to this and refining and refining and refining so that we can present an experience to the audience that makes it feel like the matter if, if they're there. You know, a lot of traditional Christmas shows, you know, the show's the same whether you're there or not. You get no sense of influence. There's no sense of dominion. You have no sense of control. We really want the guests at Illumination to make it feel like them being there matters and they get a chance to play with the crayons. So, I think the best thing about illumination is it's not a traditional Christmas display. Um, you know, when, when you, you can't even really explain it to people that haven't experienced it, you have to really walk through or drive through to really understand what it's about. And, you know, with all the expensive gear and cable and everything, I'm, I'm going to be honest, my fav one of my favorite parts is the chandeliers. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah, the number uh, of know. people that have proposed under those chandeliers. And I, I wonder what it looks like this year with them driving through and maybe the moonroof open. Oh, um, yeah, no, there's I'm been sure. a few of those. Yeah, I'm so, sure. so it, sure. it, yeah, you, you, it's, it's always an interesting when, when, we, when we stumble upon these kind of things, when we do experiences together. You know, Scott and, and I, like, you know, Lice, which and I will see. I mean, there were other people other than just Scott and I collaborated on an installation at Atlanta Hartsville Jackson Airport. Um, which is called Flight Paths, which is a, a sort of the outside world brought inside in one of their ugly concrete uh, pedestrian tunnels. Um, and it's got this kind of canopy. It was uh, in partnership with a, with a Chicago artist, Steve Waldeck, who unfortunately passed away shortly after the, the exhibit was open and, uh, and seen it view. And, and it looks like a modern a, a sort of interpretation of a, of, a, of a canopy of trees with light through, and it's really soft and really gentle. Well, what it's turned into is it's turned into when the airport has huge delays, it's where people go overnight. And we've got photos of just lines of people just sleeping in there because it doesn't feel like the airport. It feels like this natural kind of space. Well, well, Crystal Promenade, the area you're talking about with the chandeliers, turned into the proposal zone. As Scott says, well, weddings in normal years kind of big business to the Arboretum. So they're absolutely thrilled. So we stumbled upon this area where people propose, and it's not quite, oh, I see you just proposed. Here's a brochure for our wedding services. But, <laughs> but, the, but the through line of people proposing at Illumination and then returning to the Arboretum to get married is, is, is something that's just really nice. It's, it's, it's really, it re, there's a real nice cyclical kind of thing, and it, and it helps the Arboretum become embedded in people's lives, which obviously for an institution is really important. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites. Um, you know, going back to the equipment side of things, Scott, can you give us a little idea about maintenance and scheduling for this? So, for instance, when is when is it Arboretum time? When is your team meeting about, you know, we got to get all these fixtures ready? Are they already ready? Are you guys bringing these fixtures in at the end of the season? 
getting them ready? I mean, how does it work? Great question. So we, I mean, Arboretum, so Illumination 2021, we'll, we'll, we'll pull 2020 out in January uh, and we're hoping to get it out in a week and it may take two and it, it's largely weather dependent. And if our cable's frozen to the ground or under snow or ice or that kind of thing. Um, but then from a creative side, John and, and his team jump right back into planning for 2022 or 2021. Uh, and then from an interactive side or what sort of special effects, uh, you know, we think we might have, we'll be developing that through the, the spring and into the summer. Um, we, we typically start pulling the show in kind of the late summer, early fall. Um, in a normal non-pandemic year, uh, we would also be, we, we'd be in our busiest trade show season. So we'd be competing against uh, things going into McCormick Place, RSNA, and those types of shows. So there'd be teams of people that were um that we're prepping more and tripping all over teams of people that were trying to get trucks loaded to McCormick place. So un- unfortunately this year, uh, but fortunately, because uh, the driving experience is a much bigger experience this year. Um, it was kind of all hands on deck to get Morton prepped and out the door. Um, it, it's a good two weeks of intense only Morton-esque prep, um, but we're really thinking about it months in advance. We've got uh, an effect in the lake. Uh, we need to go out and power wash that equipment, get that all clean, tech maintained. Um, if we have to replace any um, strings of light, we use a lot of Philips CK, LMX, and MX nodes. Um, and if one of those nodes goes out, the, the string is dead and, you know, we'll have to purchase new, uh, sometimes with long lead times. So, uh, it's, it's really a, a summer and fall kind of prep. And then normally, uh, we'll do four weeks in and then John and his team will come in for two weeks and, and change we'll, everything. <laughs> what's that? I said, and then we come in and change our minds about everything. You come in and change. No, no. Um, this year we gave ourselves two extra weeks just because the the scale was so much larger. Um, and then we're always maintaining it. Uh, sometimes on site, sometimes uh, swapping fixtures out and bringing things back to the shop. There's there's always things that need to be fussed with, um, especially with. And John was teeing up. Moisture is our largest nemesis, and of course, because we have such that the fixtures don't care whether it's warm or cold. Uh, they do care if they're wet, and because of our drastic changes in weather. Um, it's impossible to keep moisture out of everything. So that's kind of what we're fighting against. Understood. Um, all right. Well, thank you for giving us that. Just one more thing about illumination I'd like to talk, touch on is kind of what your favorite part is about the process um, each year. What do you look forward to? Um, I think it's different every year. Uh, I, 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 well, John jokes about it. I do love listening to, I've got this idea. Can we do this? Uh, and what I, what I like most about it is in my mind, I, of course, we, we can do virtually anything. I love going to my team of little mad scientists uh, and teeing it up to them because they're like, you're, you're crazy. He's crazier. Um, what kind of tools are we going to get to buy out of this? You know, that's a crazy idea unless we can buy a water. Unless we get a new 3D printer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can get a new printer out of it. We can get a new this out of it. We can get a new that out of it. Um, this year in particular for me, what, what was really cool, uh, I'm very passionate about not using generated power on an event like this. Uh, most companies, their knee jerk would be to pull in a string of generators. 
Um, I, I, it doesn't lend itself to the, the, the Arboretum's mission. It's, it's, they're noisy and they're disgusting and they make a big mess. Um, so my passion is figuring out how do I get all this power distributed um, and doing it over the three quarter mile walking path is uh, enough of a challenge doing it over what is this year, I think a two and a quarter mile driving yeah, path yeah. Um, was pretty monumental. So, you know, instead of distributing power with 208 this year, we're distributing with 480. Um, we're running distances of three and 4,000 feet and then breaking out into 208 and then finally 120 to power our equipment. Um, so for me, figuring all that out is, is a hoot which is probably very strange sounding, but I dig it. Not at all. That's awesome. John? Yeah, I, I think, I think there's, there's, there's two kind of like really rewarding high points. The, fir- the first is there's, there's always been really one day, or, or actually in the case is one night, on site with illumination where we all start to see it come together. And, and you know, as a creative person, we all have, you know, have our doubts and anxieties and, oh, my God, it's never going to work this year and we're never going to get there. But there's always one night. It's usually the weekend before we open. It's usually either the Friday or the Saturday where it really starts to come together. And you can see it in Scott's team who's worked so hard and my team have worked so hard. And, and they really start to go, yeah, you know what? This is actually going to be really cool. And then the other, the other and then the, the, the other one is getting the audience in. You know, I mean, we, we, we do this to welcome people in and, and frankly, this year more than ever, you know, for, especially for parents, you know, this year has been a year of no's. No, you're not going to be able to go to school. No, you're not going to be able to see your friends. No, we're not going to be able to go to the mall and see Santa. No, you're not going to be able to. No, you're not. No, you're not. For, for Illumination to be this year more than any, a, 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 a yes, it was really amazingly emotional when we started to let people in and we could see the way that it was impacting people. But, but even in, in other years of the walking trail to see kids engage with the interactives to sometimes see the incredibly innovative way that children can come up with to break the stuff that we've engineered with military grade components. And we're like, Oh, interesting. Smashing your brother's forehead into it. Somebody would do that. But, but yeah, I think, I think when we start to see it come together for our team and they get that feel good moment that, yeah, all this is going to be worth it. And then get in the audience in, especially kids. And that's why, uh, sorry for cutting in there. That's why we do what we do. Entertainment, all entertainment. We love to see the people's face. We love to make people feel good. And, um, what you guys are doing and the teams you have, um, it, you should feel really blessed and lucky to have them because it's just, you know, you guys are doing some great things. So, um, thank you very much. Uh, I think there's just a couple more things we'd like to touch on if you don't mind. Sure. Absolutely. We have some rapid fire questions. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Um, John, I'll start with you. You ready for this one? Okay, let's go. If you only have two colors to use for the rest of your career. Congo blue and green. Blue and green? Yeah, Congo blue. Yeah, Congo, Congo blue and green. Blue. That's it. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I know <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all you get to use for the rest of your career. <laughs> Scott, one for you. This, is, this might be hard. So in your inventory, everything you have, you got to choose one of these. Oh, boy. Road cases without wheels. All your road cases have no wheels on them. Okay. Or... All your cables just never coil correctly. They just can't. Something's wrong with the cable, and you can't get the cables that are going to coil the, the right way. Which one do you choose? I have a bad back, so I'm going to do road cases without wheels I, that I could not live with. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess this one's uh, uh, for both of you, but if you were to give one piece of advice to someone starting out their career right now, what is, what is that one thing you would say? Always be there. Be the person that's there when the doors open. Be the person that's there when the doors close. Be there when the sound check's going on, when the band's playing. Be there when the programming is going on. Be there when the audience is there. Just soak it up. There's, there really, you can find something to learn in absolutely every part of what we do, even if it's, oh my God, I'm never going to do that, or that's a really bad way to do it. You're never going to learn that by not being there. Be, be, be the person that's omnipresent. Yeah, I love it. Scott? I, I, I would say the exact same thing, being a, a, a lighting shop owner, I would expand on that and say, um, you know, get get to work in a shop uh, and, and just learn and absorb and watch. And that's where a lot of opportunities come from is you just happen to be that guy that, or gal that was paying attention and something pops up five o'clock on a Friday and everybody's gone. And it's, you, you know, a little bit about that, don't you? Let's, can we put you out on this and, and see if maybe you can, you can do this for us. Um, just, just being there and being available. Yeah. It's arguably the best way to win, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, or to learn, I should say. Um, and then one last thing before we go, and this is again, a question for both of you guys, what, uh, what does the future look like for both ILC and light switch and, and illumination? What are some of the goals you guys have set for next year? Well, I think obviously much as we've really, I think enjoyed the ability to deliver something to sounds very grandiose, deliver something to the people of Illinois, but do something that people can actually go see and know they can go see it and go, I can book a ticket for January the 4th and I know it's going to be there regardless of what else is going on with COVID. We, we want to get people back on the trails. This is about getting people close to nature. Um, we have the 10th anniversary of, of Illumination and the 100th anniversary of the Morton Arboretum two years from now. So we're starting to hatch cunning plans for what that looks like but we want to get people back out there and as as a business owner i, w- I just i want to get people back to work I, i'm i'm so lucky that i'm surrounded with incredibly passionate brilliantly talented ma- it's fabulously motivated people and it breaks my heart when week after week i have to say to them not yet not yet not yet but but the cavalry's coming and and i know this has been an unbelievable uh, year for our industry in ways that we never even imagined. And frankly, we've got nowhere near enough support from, from government, both, both local and national for our industry. But we, we're going to make it through and we're resilient people and the cavalry's coming and we just, we just got to hang on. It's going to hang on a little bit longer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Love to hear it. Scott. Uh, I just, I don't know that I have anything better than that to add other than we're just <laughs> very blessed that, that, uh, in a year where there really, from a, a production side, was virtually nothing uh, to be able to do an experience like this. So we've 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 kept a bunch of people working for two or three months, whereas that's a pretty unique thing in our industry this year. And safely, and, and again, and you know, safely, it yeah. can be done. Yes. PPE works, testing works, yep. being smart works. You can get people back to work. We can do events. We can yes, do sir. shows. Yeah, certainly, and we will do shows. Damn straight we will. Yeah, yeah. right. The show <laughs> must go on. Right. Um, Calvary's coming. And I think that's a that's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, you guys rock. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Yep. Merry Christmas to you. Um, and uh, we hope to see you on the road soon. Uh, yeah. You can count on it. 
and to all of the listeners out there, please make sure you go see Arboretum. You can, I know it's sold out, but um, you can, you can check out some really cool videos online. It is still immersive. Uh, it's definitely an experience worth, worth giving a watch. And last but not least, anything you guys would like to say at the end to, uh, to plug anything, any new projects you have coming up that you want? No, we'd like to plug you guys. To, yeah. to thank you, thank you for doing this, and thank and you. for all the great tools and toys that you make for us. Uh, I know you're doing this for very, uh, for very uh, selfless reasons, but you guys are running a business too. So if you like the podcast, check out the stuff that these guys are making because they are actually running a business as well as trying to help the industry. We really appreciate that. Thank you very thank much. You, God bless you guys. Yeah. You have Thanks, a great guys. Day. Thank you guys. Be well. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye.